Father God, we just come before you here tonight as your children. We just thank you for what you are doing in our hearts. Lord, we thank you for your love that you have for us. That you are working all things together for the good of those who love you. And so, Father, we submit ourselves here tonight before you and ask that you would come and speak into our hearts. That you would show us things about you, reveal the depth of who you are, of your character to us. That you would just anoint the words that come from my mouth, Lord, that I don't want to speak of my own, but speak of your, your words that come through. Holy Spirit, we ask that you just move in this place here tonight and just come and touch us with your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Just another quick shout out. I see you of your lifers are back. Yes. It's so good to have you guys here. We missed you these last few weeks. So uh, good to have you back and uh, part of the family again. So <laughs> just to share a little bit about some of who I am, I, I am involved here at the church. I work in the young adults department. Uh, Angie's my colleague as well. Woo. <laughs> and um, I've been here for about four years. And I also started teaching at the school at, a few, um, few years ago, uh, where's Caleb, Sharissa, shout out to a couple of my uh, students there. Really cool to have you guys here. And, and it's been an amazing journey, and God has shown me so much and taught me so much. So I just wanted to share that, you know, I enjoy teaching. And kind of part of that personality, I feel like it might come out a bit tonight, and we want to make it a little bit engaging. So if I ask maybe for a volunteer or whatever, let's, let's make this fun, guys. It's family, you know. We, we all want to interact with each other and uh, work here together tonight. So our theme that we're going through is um, faith through tough times, and uh, God shows me some things through all kinds of different ways, and one thing for those who, who do know me a little bit better is they'll know that I, I love adventure and, and surfing, yeah, woo, thank you, uh, Mariette, um, and uh, <laughs> wow, that's family, man, that's family, uh, so, so one of the things that, that the Lord really speaks to me is through sports. And, and one of the, my favorite sports is surfing. Uh, thank you. Woo. That's Udo. We're going on a few a, a trip soon. And, and the Lord speaks to me through sports and surfing. And I want to show you guys just a couple of things tonight. So if I tell my friends, like, I love surfing, this is kind of what they think. They think of the perfect wave, like, you know, what my friends think I do. Okay, and then the next one is what my family thinks I do. And lastly, or second lastly, we know how we think we do it. <laughs> and ultimately, what we really do. <laughs> and I guess sometimes that's a reality. Like, if I look at my life as a surfer, I can't say I'm by any means anything good. I can hardly stand, but I love it so much. And it's actually quite ironic because I'm like the most inland person. I've lived in Pretoria my whole life. I think I've been to the coast. You could count it on less than two hands. But I love surfing, and I'm so passionate about it. And for a number of years, I've been praying for a surfboard. So you think to yourself, like, why? He, he lives inland. Well, it's like, yeah, I still love the thing, so I want to get the thing so I can have more trips. So anyway, I came back from a mountain biking adventure about a year ago or just longer, and I was at a hospice looking at different things. I go there every now and again. My friends know I'm a bit of a bargain hunter, too. <laughs> I tend to get all of the specials. 
And, and so I'm, I'm checking around hospice this one day, busy looking around, and, and amongst like this kind of like, you know, pile of things, I think there was like a broken canoe or something there, and I check the bottom and I, I see the points of like a, a surfboard, so I'm like, hey, that's quite lacquer. So I go and I, I have a look at this thing and I, and I pull it out, and I have a good look at it, and it's like, yeah, this thing is not in the greatest of conditions, hey? I can understand why it's at hospice. It was like, it had broken fin, it had all kinds of things, and it just did not look good. But I saw the price, and I'm like, huh, I'll take it, <laughs> all right? And um, I'll show you what it is on the next, next slide over here. That's the surfboard over there. If you look very carefully, that little yellow sticker is the price. It was 200 bucks. And that is really good for a surfboard, trust me. Okay, so anyway, I found the surfboard, not in the greatest of nicks. The leash was broken, that's the part at the bottom. Over there, you can slightly see there's three fins, and the one is quite messed up, <laughs> slightly broken. But I took this board anyway. And, and I had visions and plans for this thing. And <laughs> it was a journey. Because you look at something that is old and quite messed up, and you think like, hey, that thing even, what's the word, resuscitable, <laughs> you know, to, re to remake this thing. And, and it was quite exciting how the Lord just kind of gave me this vision for this new project that I had. And, and part of it was the next slide, uh, just the journey of now starting to clean up your surfboard. It's got all kinds of dings and cracks, and there was so much repair work that I needed to do. Luckily, when I was in Scouts, I learned how to work with fiberglass. So <laughs> that was part of the process. I'll go to the next slide. Mandatory dog surfboard working selfie. <laughs> and it took a number of months to, to do this whole process of restoring the surfboard. And the Lord showed me so much through that. And it was a process. And you know, sometimes you've got to sand and you've got to cut and you've got to file and do all kinds of things to eventually getting to, we'll just go to the next slide. And I want to show you guys the result of what a bunch of hard work and effort can be when you put into something. Is this. From what you saw in the beginning compared to that, you would not say that it is the same board, apart from the grip tape. All right? It was something that looked so different. And I think, I don't know if there was the next slide. There we go, just to show you. So there was a lot of spray work that needed to be done, et cetera, et cetera. And, and that was the final product. And the Lord spoke to me so much in this thing. And sometimes, you know what, in our life, we are that clapped out surfboard. At the bottom of the pile, hiding somewhere in a place that nobody notices. And that we are missed, we are overlooked consistently. People just walk past, they look at you, they don't see value in what you are. But the Lord showed me something. And when he looked at my life, he saw the potential of what it could be. And he spoke to that. And he worked with that. And he, yes, it's been a journey. And by no means am I there yet, but I'm a little bit closer. So if you relate that story to yourself, how are you feeling in that regard? Maybe you're going through some incredibly, incredibly tough circumstances, faith for tough times, 
and you feel like that old surfboard. And I've got good news for you. It's that God makes all things good for those who love him. And tonight we're going to look at a little bit of that scripture. It's on the next slide. I'm going to show you a few things from then. Just talk about a couple of principles that we can learn from this thing. And specifically, this is one of my favorite scriptures because it points so much to our aim or focus as Christians, is becoming the image of Christ. That is our goal. And I just want us to read there. And let's actually read it together. Family, here we go. All right. And we know for those who are called together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose, for those who of his son, in order that he may be the firstborn among many brothers, and those whom he predestined he also called, and those whom he called he also justified, and those whom he justified he also glorified. And it's incredible, because if you look at the start of it compared to the end of it, for those who love God, all things work together for good, and ultimately, he justified, he also glorified. And three specific things that I want to highlight in this is that point. He works all things together for the good for those who love him, who are to be conformed to the image of his son in becoming more like Christ. So we know what our goal is, become like Christ. And ultimately, what he does with that, he glorifies. And we saw that through the life of Christ. And it's so exciting because if we look at where we've come from, that mess, the broken surfboard, to what can be, and we see the glorification of what God can do with your life. Isn't it exciting? It kind of gives me a hope because I realize then that my circumstances now are nothing compared to what's coming. And if that doesn't give, a, give us hope, I don't know what will. You know, perhaps we're going to live an entire life of suffering. We don't know. But we're going to live an eternity of the best that we could ever imagine. And in the bigger scheme of things, in the time frame of that, our life is but a vapor compared to eternity. And that's quite exciting. And I want to share just a couple of points uh, for tonight Three specific things that the Lord kind of showed me through this process of, of you know, seeing a, a second-hand surfboard. Or, and it kind of speaks to recycling almost. And, and the sermon title for tonight, we're going to call it Reduce, Reuse, Recycle. All right, and there's three specific stories that I want to share from that as well. And the first one, we're going to look at reduce. And perhaps there's circumstances in your life now Things may not be going well, but God is using that circumstance to show you what to reduce in your life. Perhaps there are things that need to be cut out or stopped in order to allow God to move more in your life. And he uses those circumstances to show us. Does anyone know about uh, 300, Gideon's 300? Yes, so there are a few. All right, we know the movie, and uh, <laughs> yeah, 
enough said, all right? But I want to give you the biblical version. And if we, if, if we turn to Judges 7, you guys don't have to look there now. I'm just going to quickly share a little bit about it. Judges 6, 7, 8 kind of tells the story of this. And it's the story of Gideon and the 300 mighty men. Now, before he had 300, he had a much bigger army. And God had spoken to him and said, go and destroy the Midianite army. Can anyone tell me how big the Midianite army was roughly? Okay, 10,000 to guess. 165? 1,000. Okay, there we go. Much closer. All right. They, they say um, you will find different things, but, but one of the numbers is 135,000 people. That's a lot of people. All right? That's like Loftus. I think my math is really bad. <laughs> That's like Loftus times something. Okay. All right. Somebody will, will have an answer for us uh, fairly soon. All right? But now... Gideon, at that point in time, has an army of 32,000 going against what is estimated to be 135,000. Now, can we still see that the odds are not in his favor? No. It's roughly four to one. That calculation was better for me. Okay, so it's roughly four to one. So God speaks to Gideon, and he says, reduce your army. Now, now put, your shoes in, in, put yourself in Gideon's shoes. Like, oh. I've, I've only got 32, and now you want me to... Uh, no. Okay, anyway, that's not what Gideon does. He goes and he tells the people, whoever is fearful and trembling, let him return home and hurry away from Mount Gilead. So people are like, sweet, I'm out, and off they go. How many people leave? 20,000. Whoa. Okay, so I had 32. Now lost 20, we have, yeah, 12. <laughs> yes, something like that. All right, 12, 10, 12, something like that. Okay, all right, so 22,000 go home. Now he's got to face this massive army of 135,000 with 10,000, roughly, 12,000. Still not working. Now God says to him further, I'm going to test those men, and from there, you will use those guys to go and fight. So he has this really weird test. It's like, okay, let all the people who have now decided they want to fight go and drink water. So they go and drink water at this brook, and the test in which they do it is for those who go and drink on all fours and kind of get their head directly. I'm just going to do it here. All right. So it's like getting down on all fours to kind of drink the water. Okay, so that's the one test. And he says if people do that, out. So the other test is to, for those who go to the water and they drink with their hand and like that. So how many guys drink with their hand like that? 300 men. And God is like, that's the army that we're going to use. 300 <laughs> Versus 135,000. I did a bit of calculations. In marketing, that is like the worst profit loss you could ever think of. <laughs> it works out to, to like 10,566% profit loss. If your boss saw that, I don't know about your job, but that thing is not uh, safe. <laughs> All right. 
big profit loss. But the beauty of the story is this, that with 300 men, only God could get the glory. Man couldn't take the glory because that was impossible. And perhaps there's the same situations happening in your life. You might not have the big army, all the things that you need. But it's not necessarily about the amount of things that you have. It's about reducing so that God can get the glory. Think about this. When things are reduced, your reduction may become your promotion. Your reduction may become your promotion because God gets the glory. It's quite exciting. Sometimes we're living very busy lives where everything is so packed up. We're too busy to do this, to do that. But God wants to cut that out. And he did that. He spoke to me about that busyness in my life. I had to cut out things so that I could find more time to be in his presence, to spend time in his presence, because that's what changes us. God's presence changes our lives. So what is the thing that God wants you to reduce in your life? What has he been speaking to you about already? What has he been showing you? Perhaps tonight is that decision that you need to make to cut things off so that you can allow more space for God in your life. And the second principle that we want to look at tonight is reuse. And I'm going to ask a brave member of the audience who is good at narration. <laughs> Basically, who would like to come and read a scripture, a portion of scripture for us? Thank you, Emil. <laughs> right. Make your way to the front, young man. Okay. <laughs> so you can just read this scripture for us up to there. All of it. Yeah, yeah. All of them. When Jesus got the news, brackets, John the Baptist being beheaded, close brackets, he slipped away by boat and out of, to an out-of-the-way place by himself, but unsuccessfully. Someone saw him and got word around, and, and the word got around. Soon a lot of the people from the nearby villages walked around the lake to where he was. When he saw them coming, he was overcome with pity and healed their sick. Toward, the, toward evening, the disciples approached him. We're out, we're out in the country and it's getting late. Dismiss the people so that they can go to the villages and get some supper. But Jesus said, there is no need to dismiss them. You give them supper. All we have are five loaves of bread and two fish, they said. Jesus said, bring them here. Then he had the people sit on the grass. He took the five loaves and the two fish, lifted his face to heaven in prayer, blessed, broke, and gave the bread to his disciples. The disciples then gave the food to the congregation. They all ate their full. They gathered 12 baskets of leftovers. About 5,000 were fed. Thank you. All right. And as a teacher, you have to reward your students. Pizza for you. <laughs> Caleb, don't get any ideas. All right. Okay. So a couple of things that we can learn from that, and I love what Emil did in that one thing, that one part of the scripture. And I want to highlight those two verses is, all we have are five loaves of bread and two fish, they said. And Jesus said, bring them here. 
So my question is this, what have you got? What have you got that God is waiting to multiply in your life? All they had was the bread and fish. They didn't have anything more. What they were aimed to do was impossible. What they did started with what they had. Come on. God has given us so much already. Often we look to our lack, but we miss what we have. All we have are, all I have is. What have you got that you haven't submitted to God? It's parts of our lives where we realize, maybe it's gifts and talents. You just realize, God, I haven't yet given this to you. I want to give it to you to glorify yourself. See, what if you're trusting the Lord? What if what you're trusting the Lord for is not in what you don't have, but what you've already got? Your current circumstances, your current situation. God is waiting to move in that place, but he's also waiting on us to show you. I want to jump into our third principle quickly. And... um, That is basically the wedding at Cana, Jesus' first miracle, turning water into wine. Okay. All right. So we're just going to jump through this one quickly. I'm going to get into our worship again. All right. But we all know the story. Jesus is at the wedding. Him and his disciples are there. Uh, The wine starts running out. They were having a lacquer party. And Jesus' mother comes to him and says, this is the issue. He says a few things, and then she says to the servants, do whatever he tells you. All right, I want to read this last bit. So, um, six stoneware pots, stoneware water pots were there, used by the Jews for ritual washings. Each held 20 to 30 gallons. And Jesus ordered the servants, fill the pots with water, and they filled them to the brim. Now fill your pitchers and take them to the host, Jesus said, and they did. And we all know what happens from there. Why do you serve your greatest wine last? Yay. All right. Here's what's something so interesting about the scripture. is Those water pots were originally intended for other purposes. Okay. Six stoneware water pots were used. All right. They had different purposes. You would use those pots for like washing hands. Um, cups, vessels, tables. They had other purposes. And you see, here's the thing. Jesus used something else, recycled it, and a miracle came from that. Again, we see that concept of before, using what you have for other purposes. And those other purposes glorified him. See, what are the things in your life that you've currently got that can be used for other things? Talents, giftings. I believe that the Lord was just mentioning to me and just, just I felt it in my heart. It's like there's giftings and talents in this audience that we don't yet know about. You don't yet know about. But God is wanting to awaken your life. Things that will glorify Him, not for your own use, but to glorify Him. And I believe part of that is is just an awakening that we want to see here. 
tonight. I'm going to ask the, the worship team to come and join us on the stage again. And I believe that there, there is a lot that God wants to speak into our hearts here tonight. As much as what God can use me and bring words across to us, he once convicted me in that. And he said, sometimes we come to church on a Sunday evening expecting that the words of the preacher would change our lives. <laughs> and by all means, God uses a preacher. I hope he does. We've all had our lives changed by what has been spoken. But the biggest changes in our lives have come when we have met with God. When we have been in the presence of the Almighty. And that's what changes us. It's His presence that changes us. It's His presence that sets us apart, that leaves us different. As we go now, we're going to go into this time of worship now. I just feel like it's a personal time for you to, to connect with the presence of God. That He'll just come and move in this place, that He'll come and touch our hearts. And we can remember these principles, but more than that, we'll remember the presence of God and what He did in our hearts. And so more than anything, let us just search for his presence.